Well, welcome back to The Political Strategist. This is your podcast host, Brenda K. Sanders. Um, And I'm glad uh, that you have joined me on this podcast again. Uh, Thank you, as always, for listening. Thank you for tuning in. You know, I'm on the podcast because I am a litigant. Many of you know that I'm a litigant as well as an attorney. I'm practicing in the federal court system under the uh, filing claims for equal employment. Um, And I would say maybe, uh, maybe 20 times I've been denied employment in the legal arena, maybe for something as simple as a legal secretary, which I did. That's the work I did to put myself through college and law school and even beyond, even when I'm still an attorney. And I did pretty good, uh, a pretty good living with it. But the troubling thing is that now when I, uh, and I'm talking about many years of experience, maybe 30 years now, uh, not counting the work I did as a judge and the work I did as an attorney and beyond. Uh, now when I, I've been applying for jobs, uh, for the last seven or eight years, and, and not one job, one, not not one job in the legal arena. And so I finally started filing claims uh, under the equal employment uh, laws, the equal employment laws, uh, you know, pursuant to, you know, you have to have administrative review first by the Federal Equal Employment Opportunity uh, Commission, which I... They've never ruled in my favor. But the thing is, uh, I'm challenging employers that I've applied for legal jobs. Now, if you think of a legal job, legal jobs, and, and think of my background for maybe seven or eight years and never got a job, never received a job, never received a phone call, never received an interview. And these employers appear, appear to be prevailing in my cases in the federal courts. I find it troubling because the thing about it is I believe that if someone like me cannot sustain their legal claims for employment discrimination under the present equal employment laws, the laws need to be changed. The laws are too stringent. The laws are too strict. The laws are designed to discourage valid discrimination claims like me and um, and instead of inviting an opportunity, a way to for legal redress for discrimination. I'm talking about real and intentional discrimination. Uh, And I'm referring to now my case against higher counsel. Many of you may not be familiar with higher counsel, but higher counsel is an agency that employs attorneys, and and it used to say just lawyers. You didn't have to have a a law license, and you don't. All it is is document review, really, document review attorneys. Review documents. They don't practice in the law uh, uh, courts. They just review documents. They sit down and review piles of documents. Well, higher counsel is one of those agencies that hires of document review attorneys. And and to tell you the truth, I never suspected that they would ever hire a lot of African-American attorneys 
uh, in any event because uh, even prior to my judge days, I would apply and never get an assignment. So it's nothing new. But, uh, you know, this is the first time I pursued uh, legal claims against this entity. And, I mean, they hire uh, document review lawyers in North Carolina. They hire them in Michigan. And I don't know where else, but a number of cities and states. And the thing about it is they uh, never appear. I mean, I've never even received an interview. Uh, I did go to their training. They conducted a a one or two day training in Michigan uh, in uh, in June of 2018. And uh, never have received a call for me to work. I've never received a call for a job from these people. And uh, what they are claiming now is that, you know, now that your license is on hold in the state of Michigan and has been on hold now for, I mean, this is the ninth, uh, maybe the eighth or ninth year for no good reason, uh, you cannot work as a document review attorney. You're simply not qualified to sit down and review any documents whatsoever. Well, they have their reasons. Employers have their reasons. But if they have their reasons, they must not uh, have a discriminatory intent, even if they didn't intend for it to have a discriminatory intent. And so what we're dealing with and what I'm dealing with are employers that fail to hire me in a legal for a legal position and that are winning in the court system, the federal court systems in Michigan, federal court systems under the equal employment laws. And I'm saying if I can't get a case through, who can? Who can if I can't get a case through? And so what we need are employment, our equal employment laws to be changed and to relax them because what the effect is, is now we have a chilling a very chilling effect on litigants who have valid documented claims, an extensive history of discrimination uh, documented against an employer, and yet the court system is not validating those claims. The court system is insisting that those claims, and in mine in particular, are not Valid. I now have one, two, my claims against Wayne State, my claims against uh, Robert Half, another legal agency that have all decided that the years and years of discrimination that I have suffered are valid. They're valid uh, 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 determinations of no discrimination. Can you believe that? And so what I will work to do if elected to Congress is simply this. I will work to overturn these laws, to have these laws modified where uh, there's not such a heavy, heavy burden on the plaintiffs to prove up front without, I mean, just looking at a bare complaint to prove that they've been discriminated against. I mean... These claims are being thrown out just almost administratively. And someone like myself, you can't even get to discovery where you can see the real numbers 
about the discrimination. You can't even see the real numbers through discovery. These claims are being thrown out just on a wording of a complaint without an opportunity to amend a complaint, without an opportunity to do discovery from the employer. And these are under the federal laws. And even the Michigan, the Michigan Elliott Larson Act is in question in terms of recovering for discrimination. I think it's awful. I think it's um, unprecedented validation of discriminatory practices in uh, Michigan, as far as I know, and and, in other venues. And these claims are being validated that they, they, okay, we discriminated against you for years and years, and yet there is no, not even enough evidence, they're saying in my case, to prove intentional discrimination. There's not even a, a hair of evidence that the court says they see for discrimination for intentional discrimination. There's not even a, enough sufficient evidence to prove that you can infer that someone had an intentional, uh, that was intended to discriminate against me or another lit- litigant like me. I, I believe it's just uh, a total barrier in the federal court system for discrimination claims, especially uh, in the legal area. And so I'm, I'm continuing to fight, I'm continuing to appeal and file motions for reconsideration uh, of these very, very drastic and extreme discrimination uh, defenses. Yes, we can discriminate against you for years and years and years, and yet we don't have to answer for it. We don't have to justify anything that we've done. And, 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 and mind you, you know my credentials. I'm a almost 40-year legal person. I started my legal career in 1976 as a legal secretary, a legal gopher, if you will, for the Wayne State University uh, Free Legal Aid Clinic. That's how far back my legal background goes. And then I always worked for law firms after that. But that has not been enough experience to get a legal secretarial job. It has not been enough experience to get a legal assistant job. It has not been enough experience to get even a law clerk job. It has not been enough experience to get a position where you're just preparing briefs or you're you're writing and researching. It is not enough under any circumstances. And I believe it's because you have discriminatory intent. That is what can be inferred. That is what should be inferred, even though I have like two or three opinions already before me from federal judges that say that is not discrimination. It is not enough. It's not a, 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 a factual context that would constitute discrimination. And I'm saying as a congressional candidate, The federal laws must be relaxed. They must be relaxed. They must be modified. Whoever is responsible in our congressional uh, arena for uh, sponsoring and implementing these very stringent equal opportunity laws should should answer to the people, should answer to the voters, should answer to the voters which you seek support from.
And I'm going to put it at the forefront of my uh, campaign platform that the equal employment laws must be revisited and relaxed so that they can sustained, so that uh, valid and valid and extensive documented employment discrimination cases can be sustained in the court system. If someone like me can't get through the court system, then I don't know who can. I'd like to see the cases where you can get through the system. And these employers are not fearing any reprisals. They're not fearing any findings against them. They fight vigorously as if we have the upper hand in the federal cases. And, 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 and it once was that the federal laws, the federal court, was the, the, the court that you could depend on to follow the laws because these judges are appointed for life. And, you know, you, you would hope that the utmost autonomy would be exercised there. There would be no uh, bias judging there. But it's not turning out to be the, that way. It's, it's, to me, appalling. And uh, I've not discussed these matters with other discrimination uh, attorneys practicing in that area. But I find it's almost impossible to matriculate through the federal laws uh, with uh, almost anybody. I mean, if anybody, the only thing that a, a litigant can possibly do is have an employer. You can't infer anything from any factual context except have a documented instance or maybe more of somebody saying you're black. You actually have to say it. You're black and that's why I did it. Otherwise, you can't infer from a factual situation like mine. Okay, we didn't hire you for six years, seven years. It doesn't mean we didn't, we didn't, uh, you know, uh, find you uh, to be a uh, valid candidate for employment. It's just we just didn't. We don't have to say why. That's what the present law is saying. That's what they're saying. That's what the present law is being interpreted as. We don't have to justify why we don't hire you. Well, that's the reason that the equal employment laws were put in place in the first place. But those results are not being seen, at least by me. And to tell you the truth, is very little, very little are these cases uh, matriculating through the court system. They're, they're dismissed summarily, almost. Uh, no complaint is good enough, and no, no, no set of facts is good enough. And that has to be changed in Congress if we are to really do and say that we don't want discrimination in the workplace of any form, whether it be someone of sexual, uh, you know, based on their gender, based on their um, race, based on age, because disability, because right now, the only people that are having their claims heard is if this LBGTQ uh, litigants are the only people that are successfully matriculating through the court system in terms of discrimination. So I just wanted to get on here on the uh, political strategist to let you know what is going on, let you know how drastic it is. 
And you say, you might say, look, if you're a lawyer, I don't practice in that area. Well, that's maybe the problem. We need lawyers who are going to practice and appeal these decisions. And we need the political involvement as well to get back to what we marched for, fought for in the 60s. That's how bad it is. And, and, and get those benefits back. Have, have the, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission was to uh, police employers for their failure to hire, uh, you know, candidates in, in, the, in those qualified categories, whether they were black for race, gender, age, disability, and, and like I said, now this LGBTQ uh, status. But they're not being policed, and, it's, and the laws have totally turned to nothing. And I am a victim of them, so I am the one that knows the best, uh, knows the most, rather. So I'll keep you updated on what we're dealing with, but you have to understand that this is very dire. These are very drastic circumstances. And if I can't get in a law firm, if I can't even be a secretary, a legal secretary, something is wrong. It, it means that the atmospheres have reverted back to a 60s, 1960s type atmosphere. I mean, it's quiet. It's not uh, loud. It's not something you're going to see unless you're delving into the area and trying to break. It's like a ceiling again. That ceiling again that's the, that has been reinforced in the courts. A ceiling, a barrier that has been uh, reinvented and something that's been installed to stop, to stop fairness, the fairness in the employment uh, arena. So I'm going to continue to update you on these uh, cases. I'm fighting like mad just to, to overcome the dismissals and not to mention my uh, being stalked and physically assaulted by our military. If I offer that as a reason, it's laughed at. It's 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 you know it's scoffed. Uh, you know it's made fun of uh, literally. Uh, and so we have to understand the hate that is arising uh, regarding these claims and understand that it's going to affect. It may be affecting all of you as we speak. And my platform for Congress is going to address the equal employment laws that are now in place and uh, getting them back to where we said they were going to be, where um, these protected classes would be employed. All right. Thank you for listening to the program. Thank you for listening and uh, giving your ear to this information. And talk to you next time.